How are you doing? <laughs> I'm good, thanks. How are you? Welcome, everyone. It's episode nine of the Something With Tea podcast. We're nearly at ten. This is so exciting. How the hell did we get here? I don't know. I don't quite know, but it's quite a lot of fun. You get into double digits, it's quite exciting. And then um, if you make it to 100, will we be bored by then? <laughs> will we have run out of things to talk about? I don't know. Will we? We have to wait and see. Just stay, stay along for the ride and find out. Are you drinking tea this week? I am, out of a beautiful owl mug. <laughs> Ooh, owl mug. One of my colleagues gifted to me um, when I went off to university. So that was lovely. Kim, if you're listening. Is it bone china or just a regular mug mug? It's just a regular old mug, which I love. I've got a glass mug. I really want a glass tea mug. I feel like they look super fancy. Well, this is quite a basic one, but I actually quite like them. I prefer them. It's my late husband's fault. He had this aesthetic for simple and functional. Yeah. So we have glass mugs and they're all exactly the same. And if they break, you can replace them. They're quite easy to replace. Yeah. And then I bought bone china coffee mugs, but nice ones. He hated them. (laughs) Oh, that's so funny. I bought 12 of them just in case they broke. I've got an amazing tea set that I got in Singapore from just a market in um, Chinatown. It's a tiny little um, green tea set, so it's really small. Mm. And I broke one. Well, actually, the cat broke one. It only came with four and... I, I can't go back to Singapore. You might go back to Singapore one or I can't even imagine travelling anywhere at the moment. No. It's so bizarre. Maybe one day. The whole reason I went to Singapore is because my uncle lives in Singapore. It's quite a famous place, isn't it? It is. Well, it's really very clean. It's incredibly small. You can drive from one end to the other in 20 minutes. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's really tiny. Yeah, it's that small. Yeah, very high rise. They kind of make use of every little bit of space they they can, whilst also maintaining the wildlife because there's still um, lots of jungle and stuff there. Lots of wildlife and... I remember a monkey tried to kill me because it dropped a roof tile nearly on my head. That was fun. <laughs> don't know if you can hear the pitter-patter of rain with, uh, with me. It's raining, so my apologies if that's in the background. But I actually quite like the sound of raindrops in the background, so I'm keeping it. <laughs> Not like you have any choice? No, I don't no, have any I, choice at the moment. I often listen to rain sounds to sleep. Yeah, I think that was the first relaxation type of meditation or whatever that I, I did. I was a million moons ago, I bought I bought a CD by Stephen Halpern, I think that's his name, and it was like forest sounds, forest rain or something like that, and it was just rain and then some music that I think that went along with the rain, but one of the tracks was just rain, I think. Later on, I bought his um, Ocean Suite, mm-hmm. which is just water, but that was much later on, like, you know, 20 years yeah. later on. So when I'm looking for relaxation music, I just look for his name, and I always find good stuff that I enjoy. So this week... I want to talk about things that we lose and things that we find. Steph, <laughs> what happened to you this week? What did you lose, my love? I lost one of my wonderful cats. <laughs> um, we found him again two days later. Spoiler. Spoiler. <laughs> um, but we've had snow and the winds blew one of our doors open and all of our cats are indoor cats because although the road coming up to my house looks very um calm it's not it's national speed limit so people zoom and we've had so many cats killed on that road yeah so at the moment we do not let them out 
but then the wind blew the back door open and Possum, mm-hmm. who is my gorgeously wonderful fluffy black and white mess of a cat, decided to bugger off. Oh. Yeah, and we just, we could not find him anywhere, but he'd never really been outside before. So we were like running around until four in the morning oh, in the snow with torches with trying torches. to find him. Oh. Still didn't find him. Started to look again the next day. Um, we took my dog out because mm-hmm. she's a spaniel, so she's got really good sense of smell. They're the ones that they use for sniffer dogs. And they're best friends. Like, they'll they'll lie in her oh, bed wow. together and lick each that other. That's really cute. It's really sweet. Yeah, and bless her little socks. She had her nose down for like an hour running around. She caught the smell of him somewhere, but she just couldn't pinpoint where he was. And um, and we put flyers through all of our neighbours' doors. Like, you were on a mission. Oh, it's a great way to meet all your neighbours, but it's hilarious because when we were knocking on people's doors, they would open them and be like, oh, have you lost your duck again? <laughs> <laughs> no, cat this time. <laughs> it's a very good way to get to know your neighbours. Yep. But then... um. Luckily, just before it was getting dark on the second day, one of our neighbours called and was like, we found him, he's hiding under our decking. Aww. So I sped over, managed to um, crawl under this decking, yeah. um, called him. He's quite a chatty cat. He meowed, yeah. ran up to me, but ran up just so that I couldn't quite touch him. Aww. And then as I tried to touch him, he kind of went, ooh, no, don't touch me, and buggered off again. Oh, no. So I kind of had to crawl and like through brambles and I grabbed him and I, and I, I feel so bad because I kind of, I caught him on so many brambles on the way oh. out, but I was like, I am not letting you go. Oh. And we, we got him and now he's back. That's amazing. <laughs> we've, we've been feeding him chicken. We bought him a new bed because we're just like, we're so glad you're back. Oh, I'm glad he's back too. Possum. Welcome home, Possum. Welcome home, Possum. Yay. It sounds like an adventure from Indiana Jones at the end there, crawling under a decking and with the brambles and everything. I know. Well, the thing thing is with Possum, we're not sure if he's slightly deaf or slightly blind. Um, If you call him, he won't look at you. He'll kind of look off to the right or something, like look anywhere but directly at you. Possum. Okay. Possum. And he's just like, what? Who? Where? Oh, I love yeah, so he probably heard us call him, but either I'm too cold to move because he was out all night in the snow, bless him. But he's very fluffy. Cats can survive. Oh yeah, they absolutely can. Cats can survive. But it's just yeah. more. They find warm places as well. Like they find like warm walls and things. Mm. I think that's a danger for cats. Actually, they sometimes find people have turned their cars yeah, off. Yeah, and they go under the wheels where it's warmest in the car. And then if they don't come out and then people can start their cars up and that can be very tragic so i think that happened to us mm. once in israel um in jerusalem when we yeah we went to the botanical gardens i could hear a cat or a kitten inside uh, somebody's car engine and having to um having to make sure the owners didn't come back and turn on their car oh, and stuff no. but i think eventually they managed to coax the cat out and then yeah. it ran away and ran under somebody else's car. <laughs> but I think, no, eventually it was it was okay. safe. But there's quite a lot of, unlike in the UK, oh, wonderful. there's quite a lot of stray cats in um, in Jerusalem and street cats. And people feed them outside. Yeah. Unfortunately, that also attracts rats. But um, anyway, I don't want to talk yeah. about rats today. No rats. <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely. I haven't had a cat since I lived with my mom and dad and they had up to five cats at one point but I was really allergic to cats so as soon as I left I was like oh I can breathe this is a new experience <laughs> but air this is nice no sneezing wow <laughs> and then um, and then I went back to cats and I had this severe <laughs> allergic reaction where I was like 
eyes streaming, really bad asthma, couldn't breathe. That's what my mum gets. But I do love cat. A cat or a My mum's allergic to all animals. Oh. She she just deals. <laughs> like she just takes loads of antihistamines every day. She she just refuses to not have animals. Apparently, you can do some kind of um, therapy. Like, what expo- uh, exposure therapy? No, no, really. It's seriously, like they give you like micro doses of cat and they inject you with it. There's some kind of allergic <laughs> therapy that was developed in the 60s or 70s or something, but. When they gave it to people in the UK, they gave it at too high a dose mm. and people had bad reaction to it. So then they just abandoned it. But then I think re- more recently, yeah. like in the last 20 years, they have reintroduced it. Just I don't think it's something that's well known. Mm. You can, yeah, you pay about, I think it's about 100 to 200 pounds you can go and get these set cat. course of <laughs> anti-cat vaccinations. No, we won't talk about vaccinations either, though. I'm not in the mood. No. No, no, no. Not no, in the no. mood. Oof. No. But um, I've been selling stuff on eBay and I've been researching various necklaces and things that I have. And there's this one (laughs) necklace that I have that's really beautiful, that it's got mixed beads. And it's got a couple of beads that are yellow, a couple of beads that are blue, a couple of beads that are seeds, a couple of beads that are red. And anyway, it's a mixture of colours, a mixture of materials, like some of them are nuts. Some of them look like they're um, made from wood, some of them ceramic. Anyway, gorgeous necklace. I bought it to replace a necklace that I lost, a necklace that my grandmother had, beaded okay. necklaces that had all different beads on the necklace. Some of them were terracotta, some of them were ceramic, some of them were seeds, some of them were glass. And it was just a, such a beautiful necklace, my absolute favourite necklace and favourite thing that I inherited from her. She was about 97 when she passed away, but I'm like seven or eight years old. But anyway, I had that necklace really loved it and it just disappeared so i was desperately looking for something to replace this necklace and i actually found a mixed bead necklace on ebay that was very similar but not exactly the same to this necklace of my grandmother's amazing so i took the plunge and i bought it so i had that necklace um ever since and i really love it but i haven't worn it because the string is not secure yeah and that is actually a necklace that i really really love so I have to get some the right kind of cord because the stuff that I've got I think is too fine so if anybody knows any good resources for where you can buy no idea where I can find out what strength cord I need for the bees that I've got that would be good I don't know how how do you calculate that because it's something to do with the weight and the size of the hole in the bead Mm. yeah it can't be too fine it's got to be something quite substantial I should imagine but anyway that was my lost and found thing this necklace though it's ignited a new hobby hobbies are important at the moment if you haven't got a hobby and all you're doing is working at home and worrying anxiously about this current situation I heard somebody talking ages ago about the importance of having playtime and hobbies as a distraction from all this craziness yeah so summer and autumn I was obsessed with mushrooms yes but I uh, have developed a passion for beads and necklaces because (laughs) I joined a Facebook group for bead enthusiasts yeah and they have so many nice beads (laughs) (laughs) so since joining it I've spent a hundred pounds on new beads my latest weird hobby since ironically the podcast um last month last month last week whenever we did it Mm, last um the other week yeah I'm looking at ethically sourced 
dead butterflies. Nice. Okay. Because you can reset them. And I'm looking to do that and yes. make this amazing butterfly pattern. Ooh. Yeah, I'm so into it. But I need to get um, styrofoam to pin them on. Yeah. And when I asked for that, my mum kind of looked at me like, what are you doing with it? <laughs> and I was like, I want to do this. And she was like, oh, God. <laughs> you know, mushrooms might be helpful for you because apparently they use the um, birch polypore mushroom ah. instead, instead of styrofoam. Oh, that's good. So instead of using the plastic stuff, you could use this birch polypore, like slices of it. They use yeah. as foam instead of the... Uh, oh, that's yeah. really cool. That would be good. I just need anything that I can put pins in that is flat. It's not very big, though. I think it would be more for like the individual... Yeah, the individual set. Little blocks of it. You cut little blocks of it off and then you can stick that onto your backing and then pin the butterfly into that stuff rather than styrofoam, which might yeah. have some kind of chemical in it that might affect the butterfly. I don't know. I'm just yeah. I'm just worried about the chemical-y stuff that's not good in styrofoam. They're only like attached to it for a couple of days. Just oh, okay. until they kind of dry out. Because basically they come to you dry and, and shut and then you, mm. you soak them in water for a few minutes and they rehydrate because I guess they're, they're dry. The butterflies? Yeah. They're free dry. Yeah, they're like they're like dry. Oh. So then you rehydrate them. Oh, Steph, you have to do pictures of this. Please, I will. Because we want to see. I want to see. I will. Our listeners want to I'm see. I'm just so excited because <laughs> ethically sourced butterfly specimens, um, pre-done in in frames, all that, are mm. so expensive. Why not just do it myself? Because mm. then mm. I can arrange them in whatever way I want. I could put them in a dome. It would be amazing. Like the possibilities are endless, and it's something for me to do. Yeah. I love it. I was also looking at these milfiore, thousand flowers, milfiore. <laughs> it's an Italian word. Excuse me if anybody is Italian and listening to this. Milfiore, a thousand flower bees, which yeah. are like this technique yeah. for making these, you know, like with clay, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. modeling clay, you make like yeah. long tubes and you can make like flowers and you can cut them so before people were doing that with modeling clay people were doing it with glass and it was a technique that actually the romans developed and then it got lost the 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 technique was lost in time and then it was yeah. rediscovered at some point in the 18th 19th century and then they it became very popular to make them especially in um, venice and then they were used as decoration for necklaces but many of them are um these little um, flowers that have been cut from these long tubes that have been sliced up, yeah. kind of sausages really sliced up and then put together and then remelted so you can then make another bead from them. They've got lots of flowers. Yeah. So I've discovered a passion for those as well. And then I saw they're expensive, like they're really expensive. And especially the antique ones. I, again, like buying a teacup for £34 million, which is bonkers. I don't know if we talked about <laughs> that, but we should talk about that one day. I haven't bought a teacup for £34 million, but somebody did. The, the value of things that people put on things, like some things are completely worthless and some things which look nearly the same can be yeah. immensely valuable. So some of these Milfiore beads are mass produced nowadays in China and they're worth pence, you know, they're not expensive at all. And, um, you know, there's some pretty stuff out there. I mean, my mum had this lovely um, bracelet with um, Milfiore um, yeah. charms on, but it was modern, you know, 1990s, but it was still very pretty. But again, it wasn't worth anything. <laughs> I think I sold it for six or seven pounds. You know, it wasn't anything spectacular. And I didn't even appreciate it at the time. 
<laughs> now I've been researching these beads. I'm more interested in them. And I found a couple of necklaces oh, on wow. Etsy with, I, love Etsy. <laughs> I think, antique milfiore in them. So I'm, I'm waiting to get those to see if I've bought something that is actually really outstandingly amazing or just nice. I don't know. Or <laughs> it's hard to tell from pictures. So I'm selling stuff on eBay. So if you want to check out my eBay uh, store, it is Antique Janet. Um, I don't know if you can look that up on eBay or not. but um, Yeah, you can. Can you? How's Geordie? What did he get you for Valentine's Day? Well, nothing yet. I'm seeing him later. Oh. No, we've got a plan. He thought of this, which I think is immensely sweet. He's managed to get hold of a little projector for his phone. Yeah. So what we're going to do is we're going to line up our cars and he's got extra, extra long headphones and he's got a little projector screen. I say little, it's quite big. We're going to um, set that up by my garage and we're going to sit in our cars and watch a film with popcorn. <laughs> Oh, like a drive-in movie theatre. Yeah, exactly. Because we can't be within like two metres of each other. Oh. So this is our, our thing. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I know. I thought it was very cute because I kind of made him tell me what he was planning. He kind of said that and I was like, that's actually adorable. <laughs> so are you doing anything for Valentine's Day? No. No. I might not be doing anything. No, I am. I'm yeah. not. That's a lie. I'm lying. Tonight, my coach, who I love, Heidi Hauer, and you can look her up on her Instagram or Facebook. I'm sure you'll find her. H-E-I-D-I, Heidi Hauer, H-A-U-E-R, I think. She's lovely, and she's organising a Valentine's evening for single women. Anyone who identifies as a woman could be transgender women as well whatever you like so whoever wants to join that can join that I think it's free you just have to sign up on her Facebook account anyway it'll be past tense by the time people listen to this so you can't sign well, up well yeah but you can still follow Heidi get loads of great content and um, her podcasts are amazing so I'm doing this alignment with love Valentine's oh, meetup like with her and other women who've signed up, I think there's 45 had signed up on Thursday, so there's probably be about 200 by now. So it's going to be a quite a big, big event. So um, we'll see what happens. But it's about, you know, tuning yeah. in to, I think, appreciating and loving yourself first, because if you don't love yourself, how the hell are you going to love somebody else? So that's what <laughs> RuPaul says on Drag love Race, anyone, yeah. which is so <laughs> true. I subjected my mum to RuPaul's Drag Race What did she think of it? She's never seen it. She didn't know what it was. And when it initially started, she was like horrified. But by the end, she was like, okay, yeah, this is cool. <laughs> I really love it. And I, and, I, and I love that it's become mainstream because that means that people have more freedom to express themselves now than ever before and um, not be kind of persecuted, whatever, for being different, which is great. Yeah. There's some inner inner politics within the drag race world that some drag artists don't like. And, you know, RuPaul's Drag Race isn't the final word on drag, but it has introduced it to a more wider audience. When we go back to normal, I might do drag again. I did I did one, um, I did a share song. That was fun. We should do a proper night out when we uh when we when we're allowed to. Absolutely. In twenty twenty five. I'm I'm desperate to get out of the house and just do anything that's not the supermarket. <laughs> yes, yes, it'd be nice, wouldn't it? Anyway, what else have we lost? Because this is 
like the premise of this podcast. I found a couple of interesting things. I found a, I found a briefcase once when I was doing a litter pickup, a, you know, like um, Pulp Fiction type briefcase and opened it and found office stuff that this, you know, person, business person had and returned it to them. And they gave me a reward, which was quite nice when you were when I was like, 14 years old to get a reward for that. <laughs> oh, amazing. Yeah. And then, but then I found another briefcase when I lived in Jerusalem that, um, that had gemstones in it. Did I tell you about that? No. Oh, my gosh. Tell, tell. Once I, I, I came home and I was a new mother. So Alexander was in a pushchair. Yochanan was in the office. So I, w- I came back from the walk or the mother's group, wherever I'd been with Alexander. And at the gate... So I'm at the gate and next to the gate on the road, briefcase next to the gate. Hmm. That's a bit weird and suspicious. Now in Israel and in Jerusalem, you have to think of um, suspicious packages and things like in airports, like you have to report luggage that's been left unattended because they have to be careful that someone's not trying to plant plant a bomb. I mean, they do that in the UK now. They do. So, So if you see anything that might be a suspicious package, don't touch it do call for assistance, like the police or something can be sensible. But I didn't think it was a suspicious package because it wasn't in a place where it would do any damage. It wasn't a bus stop. It wasn't in a crowded restaurant or something like I thought it was just somebody's briefcase. So I went into the building. Then I thought, hang on a second, I shouldn't really leave this briefcase by the gate because it might belong to somebody who's, you know, lives in our building, in which case I'll put it in the entrance. So I took it inside, put it in the entrance hall. It didn't explode. Hooray. Good. <laughs> and then I went upstairs and I went in and I thought, well, I shouldn't really leave it by the door downstairs. Anybody could come in the building, like any delivery person or whatever could come in the building and appropriate it. So I should try and find out who it belongs to so I can return it. Alexander, by this time, put him to bed in, a, in, a, in his cot, went back downstairs, got the briefcase, brought it upstairs, tentatively opened the front pocket so it had like a front pockety thing so I looked in there and bits of papers and things couldn't really find any business cards or anything so I opened it up and I opened it up and there's all these packets and I start opening these packets and there's little diamonds and rubies and gold and oh my gosh money (laughs) oh my god and I'm thinking what am I supposed to do with this but it wasn't like it was really big impressive diamonds and those small stones but anyway I guess diamonds can be expensive but there was like all these little packets of stones and things all different like ages of the packets they weren't in any kind of order it was all very messy and 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 money and and I was like oh my goodness I was like I really don't I don't know what to what I anyway I found eventually some, you know, identity documents. Yeah. So I figured, I I found out who this belonged to. So I found their phone number and I sent them a message and I said, have you lost something? And they were like, oh my goodness, yes. And I was like, can you tell me more details exactly what you've lost and exactly where you might have lost it? Because I think I might have found it. They were able to describe the bag exactly and um, they were very, very grateful. And they also gave me a reward and I was very glad to get rid of it I didn't want the responsibility yeah. of having found that and not knowing I mean other people have told this story to what are you crazy you should have kept it <laughs> like this 
<laughs> what if it was dangerous or like taint or like stolen stuff? You wouldn't have wanted to keep it. No, I didn't. I didn't want anything to do. <laughs> it's like no, thank you. In other circumstances, in another life, if I would have been maybe uh, down on my luck and I just walked past the building and saw the briefcase and picked it up and I wasn't <laughs> living in the building, <laughs> then maybe it would have been a different ending to the story. But as it was, I returned it to its rightful owner and they, uh, oh, yes, they were goodness. very happy with that. So, phew. Yes, that's my found story. So I think that's in enough um, for this week. Enough excitement. <laughs> Absolutely. With your cat and my and my gemstones. <laughs> yeah, I normally just find kittens. I've finished my tea now. It's cold. I think that's enough. Yes, definitely. <laughs> Thanks, Charlotte. Thank you, Steph. Thank you, Thanks, listeners. Everyone. Bye. Bye.